Hello and welcome to Plan Francisco, the new podcast that interviews the best and brightest financial planning professionals in the San Francisco Bay Area. I'm your host, Maxwell Schmitz. I need a plan, a magic key. Today, my guest is Stuart Crandall. I'm excited for him to share his message about what it means to be a true holistic financial advisor, as well as share a little bit more about the client experience. So thanks for tuning in, and I do hope you enjoy. Stuart Crandall, thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. Thanks for having me. Perfect. So I'd love to just kind of kick things off and ask, um, how do you describe what you do? That's a, uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, you know, we like to say, you know, we're, we're kind of a true financial partner. And I think what we mean by that, um, you know, is that from a, from a client perspective, you know, when I, when I talk to clients about what we do or describe to people what we do, you know, we are really in the advice business, you know, and that advice touches kind of multiple areas of people's financial lives, depending on their circumstances, where they are, where they're at in their, in their process and their kind of financial journey, if you will. Um, and our job is really to give them advice holistically across that. And so from experience, um, as we've gone, financial decisions usually don't happen in a vacuum, right? Is when you decide, when you make a decision in one area, it usually impacts multiple areas. So understanding how all these things work together, um, how they are interrelated or not, um, allows you to give advice that's really gonna positively, hopefully at the end of the day, impact their financial situation across the board. And so really having a kind of a keen or deep understanding of what's going on with them financially, what their goals are, what their resources are, what their kind of disposition is, um, allows us to give advice that we think put them in the best possible situation or position to achieve their financial goals at the end of the day, which is, I think, what all clients are striving to do. Beautiful. And I want to definitely go down a few of those rabbit holes that you mentioned as far as how different parts of a financial plan can interact with one another. But um, first, I think it would be great to just get a little primer on your background. How did you get into the world of financial planning? World of financial planning. So I was one of those um, always interested in finance, was a business finance major in college. Um, and so, you know, as a young person, a lot of that was just financial markets. I'm interested in the markets. I'm interested in investing. Um, and I came at it to initially from that angle. And so that led me to... Um, initially, you know, hiring on to, I think this is where a lot of people start, but in the kind of wirehouse channel. So I first joined Merrill Lynch, mm -hmm. um, which was very investment centric firm. Um, as I got more experienced and I realized that investments are a piece of it and then undoubtedly an important piece of it. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end of the day, it's kind of the collection of financial planning and all the other components around the investments um, that really provide value and what clients are really looking for. And so I started my career at Merrill Lynch um, and then realized that there's a better way to do this business and work with clients and that's more from an independent perspective where we can give more holistic advice around more things, do more in-depth planning and have true independence around you know how we interact with clients from a fee perspective we're a fee only firm um, and then really take the shackles off in terms of advice we can give 
around uh, you know someone's total financial picture. So that led me from Merrill Lynch to uh, Moss Adams Wealth Advisors, and then now where I currently am at Hutchinson Capital. And so I found that I wasn't really attracted to the institutional side of investing. Mm-hmm. I liked working with people. I liked working with families. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I gravitated towards you know finding more, more fulfillment in those relationships than I did in more of the institutional space where it was really truly just about investing. Mm-hmm. Um, I found kind of interacting with people on, on a personal level with their personal balance sheet uh, was far more fulfilling uh, for me from that perspective. So that just kind of dovetailed into going the more private client financial planning uh, route than kind of a pure institutional investment uh, kind of career. Awesome. So we've heard a lot so far about how you really gravitate to this holistic financial planning process. Are there any other ways you would characterize your mission or your vision for your practice? Um, That's a good question. It's, you know, I I think that is, to me, that's always been the bedrock of it. Um, You know, I think, and I think especially as the industry has morphed, um, you know, people are looking more for someone who's going to be able to understand their situation kind of intimately on a, on a very detailed basis and give advice around the whole picture. Mm-hmm. I think that's where we can provide the most value for clients. I think when people get too product focused or uh, focused on one particular area, um, you kind of lose the forest for the trees. And so I think having a comprehensive view and giving advice around all these kind of different aspects of people's financial life. I think that's what people get the most value out of. That's where I find most of our conversations focus. Mm-hmm. Um, and the investments are kind of, you know, the the means to the end, but understanding the end and how those things interact, I think is of utmost importance. And so, um, you know, that's what we try to deliver for clients. Um, and I think the word holistic is kind of maybe overly used, yeah. uh, but it's, but it's an apt description. I mean, these things are all interconnected. And so understanding it from that level, I think allows you to kind of put you in a position to give people the best advice. Very good. So with that, I mean, basically using this investment advice as a means to an end, um, what do you see that? and sort of looking like most commonly with your client segmentation. Is there it's, anything that you're working towards? Or? It's interesting, it's, it's, it's different for everybody. Obviously it's customized kind of where they are at mm-hmm. in their kind of journey. Mm-hmm. Um, for a lot of people it could be retirement planning. Gotcha. Um, you know, which is a big component of financial planning for many people. But you know, even, even clients who may have more means, may have more wealth, um, financial planning does not end at retirement planning. Mm-hmm. So. You move kind of, you know, I think once people kind of secure their core capital or funding, you know, their retirement lifestyle and are secure in the fact that, hey, here's our lifestyle, here's the things we're trying to pay for as we go through, um, then you move into more interesting things of, okay, well, maybe you're going to have excess wealth. What do you want to do with that? What's your vision around that? So you get into a lot of things that may touch estate planning, legacy planning, charitable planning, mm-hmm. planning beyond their own needs and planning for the needs of their family, their legacy if they want, you know, if they have charitable intent, which a lot of clients do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you move into a lot of these different areas. A lot of it's dictated by the client. What do you want 
this money to do for you during your lifetime and then trying to tie those things together I think is 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 the is the you know kind of the puzzle that you're trying to put together so do you guys retain like in-house personnel in all those different specters of specialization or we do you know so our core competency really is on the investment management and financial planning side of it so as you get into the financial planning you're going to kind of pull in the other disciplines Mm -hmm. right so you're going to have to understand you know, how, how can we be as tax efficient as we possibly can be on the investment side of it? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it rolls into estate planning and insurance. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of those things are identifying issues, identifying needs, um, and then pulling in the other professionals that I think that specialize, like your firm in, in your case, like let's say long-term care. Mm-hmm. We're going to identify, yeah, this, you know, we have a client who's going to have a long-term care need mm-hmm. or wants to be able to, you know, insure against that need. Now connecting with someone like you that says, hey, we need to kind of tackle this. Same thing with estate planning, right? right? Or even tax planning. So you guys are like the quarterback and you're sort of Yeah, I think that's a I think that's an I think that's that's phrasing that we use. Okay. Um, Great. and that you kind of play that role and identify issues and really be able to pull these professionals in mm-hmm. to and I I think at the end of the day, when the lines of communication are open between people's advisors their professional advisory teams it allows the estate planner it allows the cpa it allows us uh, really everybody on that team to give better advice yeah when they really understand what we're doing we understand what they're doing the client at the end of the day benefits absolutely so you you guys do you do that often where you have sort of like a board of directors meeting with their other we do we do and you 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 just try to keep connected you know i think that's one of my experiences at Moss Adams is Moss Adams is a big regional accounting firm. Mm-hmm. And so when we got involved with a client, a lot of times they already had a tax relationship. Mm-hmm. So I saw when that worked really well. Mm-hmm. And so now with Hutchins Capital, you try to create the same thing, mm-hmm. but you do it outside. Mm-hmm. Right? And so mm-hmm. they may, you know, we're, we're not going to give uh, tax advice or do tax preparation. Mm-hmm. Um, but pulling that team together kind of on an ad hoc basis and get those lines of communication open as much as possible. I think at the end of the day, um, the clients at the end of the day benefit uh, the most from that. Absolutely. Um, Other than, I mean, the board of directors sounds incredible. Is there anything else that you guys have kind of like a unique niche offering or value offering, if you will, with Hutchinson Capital? Um, Unique niche offering, I, I, I think, you know, the, and maybe this is a different way to kind of phrase that, but, you know, I think each client is going to, you know, have kind of their own specific needs. And so what we try to do is um, really try to, I think, to the best we can, really understand, you know, where they're at Mm -hmm. and really try to identify what they need, whether it's something that we offer or whether something some other professional offers, mm-hmm. and really be the person who's kind of you know directing traffic and pulling those resources together in order for them um, to get what they need out of it. That's great. So you guys are kind of nimble. You can go where your client needs are. Yeah, so I, 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 I think at the end of the day, you know, we our, our client, you know, our clients, um, we're bolden to them and them only, and so we're just trying to get the best result for them. Um, from a financial perspective and in some cases you know that requires you know 
pulling in, you know, a business attorney, pulling in a state planning attorney, pulling in a different tax professional that may sure. have a different focus. And so it's really a kind of diagnosing needs, mm-hmm. um, you know, and pulling in the, the, the people and the resources um, that are going to help the client, you know, where they need it most. So what type of investing strategies are you guys using predominantly? So it's a... Uh, that is obviously it's a it's a broad landscape when you talk about investing, right? And so, it depends on each client needs. It depends right? on each client needs, and so there's that level of customization. Right. Um, Any you trends? Know, I would say we we we, we kind of tackle it from you know a couple different points, right? So the first thing is customizing. I think the broadest thing you can do from an investment perspective is just understand, you know, and this is a a broad term, but understanding asset allocation, right? Sure. So for a lot of people, that's going to be the biggest decision they make. Um, and part of the plan, planning process that pulls in is, is client really understanding, what do you need in terms of return? Not just from your kind of investment portfolio, but, you know, whether that's made up of rental real estate, whether mm-hmm. made up of other business interests, what kind of return do you need to drive your plan? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of clients don't understand that. It's, is it a market return? Is it, you know, is the S&P return important to me? Mm-hmm. Do I need that to drive my plan? And then it becomes a dis- discussion of, hey, I need this level of return and I need to take this level of risk to get this return that's going to drive my plan. And that will, I think, help clients better inform their investment strategy. Mm-hmm. So once you kind of have that broad picture in place, um, I think the next thing is, all right, well, and each firm is going to be so unique in this is what is the investment philosophy to kind of best deliver on that? Mm-hmm. Whether you say, okay, you know, this is very broad, but you're a 60% equity investor and a 40% fixed income. Each, each investment firm is going to have um, a philosophy around, well, how do you invest that 60% if it's in the kind of broad global equity bucket? How are you going to invest the fixed income um, and each firm is going to have their own wrinkle on that. Mm. Um, we are what, you know, I think in investment speak would be is a kind of, we're a value investing firm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think it's, it's funny because I think that gets lost in a lot of, uh, you know, it's, we always laugh because, it was, you know, value investing is, you know, obviously Warren Buffett is a sure, yeah. very famous, um, you know, uh, backer of the value investing philosophy um, and really at the end of the day um, there's a lot of different ways to do it and we've have done it the same way since the, our firm was founded in 1995 um, and there's some elegance and simplicity um, but really what we're trying to do is provide clients a diversified solution um, t- to what they're doing and, and we want to invest in great businesses um, and we just don't want to overpay for those businesses. Sure. We think uh, in investing, there's a lot of long-term damage that can be done by overpaying um, for businesses. Um, and they could be good businesses, um, but paying too high a price oftentimes leads to not very good long-term results. So sure. we always, um, I think, always try to you know, describe ourselves as we're very capital preservation focused. Mm. You know, a lot of our clients, you know, they create their wealth through other means. Um, and our job is to make sure that they get a decent rate of return mm-hmm. that allows them to kind of, you know, I think, sustain their their capital 
um, over time to pay for the things that I think at the end of the day are important to them. Right. Um, and those may be retirement, those may be legacy, those may be charitable. So again, that, that part's customized, but um, you know, our philosophy really is, um, is, to, is, to, is to be very conscious of you know, how, where we commit capital, um, to do it judiciously, um, in, in, a, in a very kind of fee-efficient, tax-efficient way that we think are going to get people hopefully deliver the results over multiple market cycles, and, and we've had a pretty good history of doing that over time. I love it. I love it. Um, could you walk us through a little bit of the client experience? What, what, what can they expect when you're starting a new discussion with, with somebody? So our, you know, depending on where you start, I think for most people we start from a planning perspective, just to be able to get that kind of 360-degree view of a client. Um, and so a lot of times, I think for most clients, that's sort of the kind of a comprehensive financial planning experience. Um, and you know, that really is a three-step process, right? And it's that kind of fact gathering where you take all the quantitative data, you know, and sometimes it's, it's a chore for people to pull it all together. Um, <laughs> it feels like you're doing taxes, but you're pulling together all the resources, all the quantitative things that we're going to look at, you know, when we, when we look at anybody's financial situation. Mm-hmm. The other part is more qualitative. What are we trying to do? What are we trying to, you know, what are we trying to get out of this? And so that, we spend a lot of time, the quantitative thing is easy, right? You're looking at statements, you're, you're getting data points, you're getting values, you're getting income and cash flow numbers, and we're plugging that into the plan. Um, that's usually pretty straightforward if we kind of can understand that. The, the things that clients don't think as much about are, you know, what are we, what are we aiming for in terms of goals? Um, and I always say, I'll say this to every client, goals are just things that cost money in the future. <laughs> and so each of them, like it. they may inflate at different rates. Mm-hmm. They may happen every year. They may be, there may be, you know, some goals that are lump sum, you know, say it's going to be a home remodel or a second home purchase. And just trying to understand and really kind of draw those things out. Um, you know, and that's a big part of that first meeting is, you know, I'll often describe to clients is, we want to, you know, this is a time to think aspirationally. What do we want mm. to, you know, this plan to do? And so let's load up as much as we can on the boat, and then we'll figure out if we need to throw things off <laughs> as we go. Uh-huh. Um, but we want to try to capture as much as we can, knowing that things change, right? People's situations are dynamic, mm-hmm. and they're going to change. So we know some version of that initial plan will be wrong. Um, but that's why planning is not... A product. It's not a one-time exercise. It's an ongoing exercise. You continue to need to refine as things change, as goals change, as circumstances change. So that big meeting really sets the course. Okay. Um, then we go into a draft plan, okay. where I say we get the we take the plan from sixty percent right to ninety percent right in that meeting. Um, and all of our planning is done on a screen interactively, right? So we're pushing numbers, we're moving numbers, we're creating alternative scenarios. As we go, um, you know, and so it's, I think it, you know, some of the problem with financial planning, I think the way it's historically done is it's tough for the clients to really engage in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we've tried to make a process to really engage clients more um, in the planning process, which gives them more ownership of it. Mm-hmm. And it makes it a little bit more intuitive, even for people who aren't 
necessarily financially sophisticated. Sure. Um, it, it, I think it, it puts it in a way that is able, for, you know, where they're better able to grasp, um, you know, what really is driving their plan. Sure. Um, and how all these things work together because for a lot of people it's the first time they see everything working together right right, right. and imagine you know just being in a if, assuming it's a couple you know having both people on the same page can be oh that's, that's a huge, huge huge part of it right. that's a big because um, it's you know usually and you know it could be it could be either spouse but mm. usually there's one person who's kind of driving it or is kind of taking ownership of that part mm. of their life and so there reaches a point where you want to make sure that you're all on the same page, mm-hmm. right? And so we all we've we've interacted with tons of couples, who you know they may have been do-it-yourselfers or one of the spouses has a great handle on how they do things and how they've kind of crafted their financial lives, mm-hmm. and they've struggled to communicate that to make the other spouse <laughs> comfortable that says, "Hey, we got this. This is." You know, I've taken care of it. And so a lot of times it's that, you know, it's us getting involved and showing it to both spouses to get them on the same page of saying, okay, now we have the confidence to actually start going to do some of these things, to put some of these strategies in place, Mm -hmm. to spend the money that we've kind of outlined in our plan. Sure. And without that kind of understanding, a lot of the times it, 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 it kind of leads to a lack of confidence. Um, and you know, at least one of the spouses, right, right, um, you know, which is which is usually something that you know it's usually that's a challenging place to be. So, so what does that benchmarking process look like then? I mean, are you guys checking in every uh, week <laughs> <laughs> with some clients? <laughs> no doubt. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, usually it's it's there's kind of the standard maintenance, right, and that's you know you know quarterly or semiannual meetings. Um, but at least once a year, we're going to want to do a deep dive into the financial plan. And usually, awesome. we're usually we're touching on it during every meeting, mm-hmm. um, but at least once a year, we really want to dive in and say, you know, are are these assumptions still accurate? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times, that takes place around spending. Mm-hmm. You know, you could say, hey, here's what we're spending, but at the end of the day, you also need to validate that, right? right? So. You know, I think with a lot of people, it's, you know, there's a couple things that could upset a financial plan. Overspending consistently um, is one of those things that can easily throw off a financial plan. And so validating, and sometimes, I'm, I mean, in the past, I've, you know, cl- some clients have a great handle on it. And there's, you know, there's a Quicken spreadsheet that is easy for me to use and is easy for me to validate. Um, other clients, I've gone through, you know, American Express statements and just pulled off, you know, and tried to make the most sense out of, you know, you're spending most of your money out of these two accounts. Mm-hmm. Let's do, let's do, let's, let's just send me the last year's statements mm-hmm. and we'll figure out and try to block out one-time expenses and get your kind of base level of spending. So at the very least, we want to validate, you know, and I say it's the, you know, it's the B word, it's a four-letter word in financial planning, it's budget. budget. You know, people <laughs> hate to budget. Um, yeah, but it's an important part of the process. Totally, totally. Well, this has been a great conversation. Is there anything else you want your fans or your clients to know about what you guys offer at Hutchinson Capital? Um, you know, I think, you know, we are, by and large, we're in the relationship business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so we value our client relationships. 
Um, and we really, you know, and, 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 you know, using a lot of the new technology and new platforms, um, but still at the end of the day, we want to meet clients on their terms. Um, and so a lot of time that, you know, is having meetings in their homes, you know, doing the financial plan, you know, on a screen in their kitchen. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's just something that is, you know, it's a, it's an important part of our process and what we deliver to clients. Um, is just really, you know, diving into that relationship, um, you know, and, and treating it as it is. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's important. Um, and having these relationships with our clients is important. And so um, I think, you know, through that, you know, as we can provide a lot of value and we have, you know, over, over the history of our firm. That's awesome. Thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate it. Thank you, Max. And thanks for coming to Plan Francisco. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed. Please be sure to subscribe and visit us again soon here at Plan Francisco.